lawyer talk off the record on the air yet again at the 511 studios uh coming at millions of listeners every single week every single month all the time i guess that's what i'm saying around the world international world international uh so you know we do have a guest at the table captain captain almost captain captain baker we'll call it an almost captain still have uh 60 hours to go 60 hours to get your captain's license? On the near coastal hours, yes. That's Captain Crunch. <laughs> I absolutely love the peanut uh, peanut butter version of that cereal. One of my favorites. I know. That's a good one. Yeah. Do, do you have to actually have somebody with you to like verify that you've done these hours? Great question. And surprisingly, they trust your own affidavit. Oh, okay. But it is through the United States Coast Guard, so there are federal penalties for lying on that affidavit that include That, that stops most and, people. Yeah. Now, when you get to the higher classification, the 100 ton to 500 ton, there are some additional verification requirements that have to be met. But one of the most interesting things with that was, if anybody ever heard of the TWIC license? It's not TWIT, but it's TWIC. T-W-I-C. Yeah. How do you know know about that? I had a client recently that had all kinds of problems with getting convicted of a felony for his uh, TWIC certification, like to get into different ports and stuff like that. Yeah. That's exactly what I had to get. And it's like, you have to go through a pretty lengthy process of getting approved, and they give you a real fancy card with a fingerprint reader, but yeah. it gives you access to all the ship's secured areas. Yeah, Hell apparently no. they don't like Engine when you room. get convicted of, like, multiple felonies related to not listening to police officers when they tell you to stop. <laughs> yeah, they don't like I that with I feel like that twig. would definitely hinder your yeah. ability to like, obtain the card. Halt. Yeah. Halt. Yeah. <laughs> I'll stop. Uh, oh, man. All right. So anyway, let's back up a second. We do have Andrew Baker. Uh, you know, how long, when did you start, uh, when, when did you pass the bar exam? What's your, what's your pedigree? It's been here? 13 years, Has which been, is unbelievable. Hey, when did you lose your law license? Uh, <laughs> well, that was just a temporary thing. Uh, I have it back now. It's kind of like that Geico commercial where the doctor comes in and he says, I'm reinstated. Yeah. 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 It's not true. I have not lost yeah. my law license. Uh, well, you actually worked here as a young budding law student. I did. At, at Yavich and Palmer for a bit, but uh, clearly you have gone on to do great things. Well, thank you. Aren't and you? that was I'm because I had, that, by the way. well, but I had great mentors. In all honesty, this was one of the best experiences I had in law school because as a law clerk uh, working for Eric and Steve, I always wanted to start my own practice anyway, but I learned everything from how to properly prepared it uh, for a trial and how to change the toilet paper roll in the bathroom. So I yeah. got a nice yeah. variety of learning experiences, but well, there's truth to that. You and we upgraded, practice, you got to do that stuff. We yeah. upgraded to a Keurig, so it's just a button now. You don't oh have to make God, coffee great. and stuff anymore. That's yeah. that's good. Uh, you know, Eric had me fill his gas tank one time. Did he really? He came in, I'm not trying to be a dick, but yeah, I, fill my gas <laughs> <laughs> I, I ran some errands for Eric from time to time that I always thought this doesn't have a lot of legal... <clears throat> resource to it. I, but I'm, you know, but honestly, that was a great experience because I learned everything about how to run a law practice and attribute a lot of whatever uh, minor success I have to these guys. So thanks yeah. again, Steve. Well, I mean, you did say minor, you've had a little better than minor. I mean, you're going to be a, a ship's captain. Yeah. yeah. I got that going for you. You got that yeah. going for you. No, I mean, Nobody can take that away from That's you. right. In all seriousness, tell, what, uh, what's the name of your law firm? It's the Baker Law Group. And we primarily practice in the area of insurance. Uh, we help folks that get a bad deal or a bad gig with the insurance company after an accident and try to get them through the process and do everything we can to get them the best compensation that we can. But with that being said, I think we have a different model 
our model focuses primarily on the recovery aspect and, fo- and, and and getting the clients back to the position they were at before versus just harping on the injury. And my theory behind that is juries like to hear what people do to get better more than they do hear about all their complaints of being hurt. Mm. And if you can, if the psychology there is they've worked for the compensation versus let's just give them the compensation because, you know, they hurt, they have pain. Well, a lot of people have pain. Pretty much everybody has some form of pain at 40 where I'm at uh, and when you wake up in the morning. So that doesn't sell nearly as well as the concept of they've worked hard to get better. And that's what should actually drive a jury verdict. That's interesting. I haven't thought of that before. That makes sense. I like it. Now, you would think that would make sense in our society as a whole, but, you know, everything's going to be free here soon enough, so it won't matter. (laughs) I can't wait to transition to that. Are are we going to get money back (laughs) if we've paid our law school loans? Am I going to get a check, you think? If you elect Bernie. Yeah, no. No, Bernie's falling down, dude. He's Mm. falling down. Bernie said he'd pay for everything. Well, yeah. It's it's really going to be about who can uh, give you more free stuff. That's who gets elected. Maybe. Or that's who gets selected to run. I'm telling you, though, Biden saying, (laughs) Biden being against the pot. That bad idea. that That was a bad comment. He, he came out against the, the marijuana. He yeah, did. he said he doesn't want to legalize it. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Really? It's a great, it's a great way he's to always, not. He's been. Against I mean, it's a good it. way to not get elected. I mean, you know. I mean, it sounds good to me. It's or you definitely could, against or you could just, the tide. You could just beat the hell out of uh, spousal abuse. You could, <laughs> you could throw a couple punches there. You know, you're not allowed to hit a woman unless it's self defense. Right. That very rarely ever happens. <laughs> you know, so I'm just gonna fight this thing full on. I'm just gonna keep punching at it, punching at it, punching at it. <laughs> or if you're in the crowd and you happen to not be able to walk in your wheelchair, just have them stand up. You yeah, know, I just Ma- stand magically. Up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you got a podcast too. I mean, it's not as. I mean, obviously not as popular as ours, you know, and you're kind of struggling. But, Sound quality you know. suffers. <laughs> clearly, <laughs> clearly uh, we operate on the Fisher Price mics. I don't know if you guys but have I seen you those. Upgraded. You upgraded. You we got did. some good ones now, right? We did. We've. Uh, it's been a learning process, but ours is SOL podcast. And yes, it sounds like shit out of luck and you can use it. It's about the same concept as statute of limitations. Nice. Because in our business, if you miss that magical two-year date, uh, you're shit out of luck. You're not yeah. going to have a case. You're not going to have any anything to uh, fall back on in terms of being compensated. So use it interchangeably if you'd like to, but that's what we're trying to do on ours and uh, just try to get the word out about some of these things to prevent you from being shit out of luck is the concept. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. No, and, that's good. I like that. I like you the know, injury work is such a, it's such an irony. It's like everybody hates the, the plaintiff's lawyers or the people out there suing people, but then when they get in a car crash, it seems like they're always running to try to get their free money. So true. Yeah. And, yeah. And a lot He's of got times a pretty sweet have, hat on today. He does. We don't have a we podcast hat. We don't have hat. a podcast hat, which is- Well, I'll tell you what, we can get you bit, these hats a for a very, very reduced price right now online. The Richardson hats, which are good hats. They look, it looks good. Sharp yeah. hat. Nine ninety nine a hat with your logo. Oh my gosh! Nine ninety nine with logo. Today. All you have to do is buy a million of them. No, I'm serious. We, we, there's no there's no minimum order. I think we ordered twenty five, and it was nine ninety nine. So, no man, yeah. wow. Yeah, we need to do that. Maybe we'll get some hats. Can I get them camo style? You can. There's like I think thirty designs of this particular hat in terms of colors and options, and it's through uh, Logo Up, I believe, is the website. Right. Logo Up. We'll check it out. I mean, we can. We, maybe we can come up with some neat design. You hunting tomorrow, by the way? You taking your kids out? Uh, I am not. I, I would take my kid out, but he will be with his mother tomorrow. So oh. I'll save that for another 
discussion. But we, we uh, can talk about uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, off the record, on the air. Oh, wait a minute, off the off air, on the, the air, <laughs> off the record, on the <laughs> on another matter. Right now. But so, I would love to. That would have been great because he uh, he did get his first bow this year, though. Oh, did he? Yeah. Good. So he's, he's he's been practicing with his compound bow. Yeah. See, my sons can shoot the compound bow. I'm I'm just a uh, cheater. I got the crossbow, and uh, it really works great. I can kill things very easily with it from a long distance away, and I don't have to worry about all the nonsense that goes with all those pulleys and things. I can appreciate that. I like the crossbow for that reason. My dad has a shoulder injury, so he reverted back to the crossbow. He was crossbow compound, now back to the crossbow. Um, but with that being said, he he enjoys that. I like the challenge, and it, it'll, it'll shock you, especially when you look at our podcast studio like yours. I might be a sucker for accessories, mm-hmm. and you get a lot of accessories when you start doing compound bow hunting. and. That's probably well, look, why it, I went that way. It doesn't surprise me in the least that you have these interests, because I do too in a lot of ways. I mean, you start going down this road of buying recording equipment, it, it really is a road that has no end. It, you can spend as much as you want. You can keep buying trinkets and gadgets, and you can you can really go and go and go. And hunting is very similar. I mean, yeah. it's like, what a business. If you just go, anybody right now, go check out like a Cabela's website or something and all the gadgetry that is available. And it's just fun. It is yeah. fun. I mean, if you like... Uh, High-end stuff, it's there for you. If you like low-end yeah. stuff, it's there for you. For all budgets, you can spend as much as you want. I have a friend that's a hunter that you all at the table know. I won't mention any names, but his big joke is he's like, I get drunk, and when I wake up in the morning, I'm like, oh, crap, what did I buy in Cabela's? Now what? Like right? He gets yeah. online, and he's just like, all right, I need that. It's on sale. That's on sale. How it's much so did true. I spend? Yeah. 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 I mean, I think the biggest, and I don't know, I actually would love to have a chemist friend to tell me, but you know the scent spray? I mean, oh, they yeah, could, they could yeah. be putting water in those bottles. There was a lawsuit. So uh, really? it was uh, not sent away. It was one of the early brands of that. And for those that don't deer hunt, all this stuff is, it's supposed to shield your scent so that when you're in a tree stand, the deer around you can't smell you because they actually have an impressive sense of smell. That's typically how they- Is it a shield they, or those other ones that just stink like deer urine or something? Well, you right? got that too. That's a cover scent. So with that, you'd want to put it out so that it's kind of- Covering the human scent, they smell gotcha. that first. What was the clothing line? I, I know oh, the clothing uh, line was um, sent away. It's not sent away. That was later. It was. Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. The charcoal stuff that yeah. they came out with. And um, it was very scent expensive. Lock. Scent lock. Scent lock. It was yeah. very expensive, and they would lace your clothing with like some charcoal layer. They said, and it was they advertised apparently too much or too far. They went that uh, you they couldn't smell you even downwind or whatever it would be, and they got sued. So some lawyer, a lot like you. Right, Probably class action lawsuit. Sued yeah. them, and they had to, they had to rebrand all their stuff and, and pay. Who knows what it was. But, uh, no, I don't know if that stuff works. I use it. I do, too, because I'm a sucker. and I'm... Because I'm a sucker. <laughs> now, here's what's, here's what's interesting. I cannot think of any time where I would say that using that stuff has enabled me to kill a deer. But I can also say this. I've killed plenty of deer without using that stuff just the same. And I've killed deer on windy days when they're right in front of me, right yeah. down. You know, I, I've killed deer when they're not. I mean, I— who knows? I, I I don't know. I have buddies that smoke, and they'll smoke a cigarette, and two minutes later, the deer walks by, and they shoot the deer. So how does that? Do you, you know, pee in a mm. in a tree stand? You, you pee in the woods? I, I actually pee out of the stand. I don't do the bottle thing. I don't. I, I don't want to try to. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna miss anyway. It's gonna land on my hands. It's disgusting. I'm just you know. Yeah, there, there's something about standing up in a tree stand and just watching your urine stream flow at a perfect <laughs> at a perfect arc right down. That's so true. And you ask yourself if a man peed in the woods, would anybody hear? Would it? anybody hear it? Yeah. yeah. And then uh, and then the deer walks by, or maybe not. I don't know. 
So we've got no, I, there's another lawsuit I want to ask you about. Yeah. Um, as an injury lawyer, and I was going to cover this anyway today. So here at Lawyer Talk, we cover all sorts of stuff like peeing in tree stands and it's very important lawsuits against Remington. Mm. Did you read that opinion yet? I have not read it. I heard about it. Of course, I probably heard the media bias version of what it said. But, um, you know, I think the ultimate question that is to be answered is whether the gun companies can be responsible from a liability standpoint in the event their firearms are used in the course of some form of uh, violent attack or or shooting. Um, It's such a far, far step away from the actual crime to go back to the manufacturer, I think we could probably do that with any product that's ever used yeah. to hurt another individual. Well, over over 40 children this year in America have died of heat exhaustion within their car. Yeah. Are the, uh, is General Motors going to be held liable whenever the, the Impala that they were in? Is it the car's fault or is it the parent's fault? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> maybe it's the car manufacturer's fault for supplying the car to the dealership who then sold it to the idiot who left their kid in the car. Right. So you've got to just go right up the chain to the most to the deepest pocket. That's generally the theory. I mean, you could use the same concept for uh, baseball bats. Who's the uh, Louisville Slugger? Yeah, you get, Louisville you're gonna, Slugger. You get yeah. the Louisville Sluggers involved because obviously somebody used a bat to beat somebody up and kill them. Um, I mean, technically, if you apply the same logic, then they're right on the hook. Well, I mean, in, here's I guess there's another. The interesting issue to me is here's what it did. Here's what it didn't do. It does not mean that Remington is going to pay out a bunch of lawsuits because of this Supreme Court ruling. And it doesn't even mean that there was a Supreme Court ruling. Uh, it just meant that the Supreme Court didn't did not yeah. decide. So here, Do you think they made, aside from how you feel about the gun, do you think they made the right call from I, a legal perspective? Well, I don't know yet because I haven't read it. Imagine that. Uh, but beyond that, the real issue is there was a federal statute somewhere along the way that says you can't sue gun manufacturers uh, because of the th- all the reasons you're talking about, yeah. Drew. It's just like it's so far removed, and we'll get to that in a second. But uh, Well, it's not that different than like an officer, right? Like, it, like no, immunity no, they have, when it they comes have, to certain things? Well, yeah, officers or, or there's there's government actors' immunity, for lack of right. a better way to put it. I think what you're talking about is P- more— Pierce the legal immunity of firearm manufacturers. It's approximate cause— argument from the legal standpoint. From the legal standpoint, but there was a statute, there was a legislative mm-hmm. enactment that said, we are just going to say as a matter of law, Congress says, you can't sue gun manufacturers for uh, this kind a of death. thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and now that didn't mean that you couldn't sue gun manufacturers, like say if uh, uh, one of the manufacturers made a shotgun that was faulty and blew up in your hands. Well, that's, or a, that's a product right. defect yeah. issue. A defect yeah. issue. Yeah. 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 So this is like you were, this is somebody so took During your, a mass shooting- the shooter's gun explodes. <laughs> he does not get to hit anybody. Then he could sue. And he's injured. Then and he he's could injured. Sue. He may have. Yeah, he could I mean, sue. Then he could sue. Arguably, could sue. Yeah. The, only, the only thing I, I believe there is a defense of, if it's in the course of a crime, he's going to potentially lose. Oh, is his. there? I mean, it, it, there, there's at least an argument there. But then you think of the OJ situation. I he mean, gets acquitted. He gets acquitted. And yet he still pays millions of dollars on the civil end because the standards... More, more likely than yeah. not. Yeah, you know? the standard's different. So yeah. OJ, in theory then, could have sued the knife manufacturer uh, that made the weapon or the knife that he cut up all these people with because he got his hands cut while he was doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's probably an admission of possessing the knife, which he said he never did. <laughs> yeah. like, I didn't yeah. do it. <laughs> I didn't do it. Well, if the glove didn't fit. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, well, if you're going to accuse me of it, I might as well file a lawsuit over it, right? Yeah. It yeah. sounds like something somebody would do, yeah. I suppose. Some lawyer would come up with that one along the way. 
but no, it was like they're, they're, the lawsuit only challenged or the lower court said that we're going to the statute is either unconstitutional or doesn't apply for one reason or another. And then they asked the Supreme Court to look at it. So believe it or not, the U.S. Supreme Court just doesn't look at every case, Bill. It doesn't happen that nope. way. So if you have, if anybody wants to, I'm taking this all the way up to the Supreme Court. Well, not unless they want to hear it. Yeah. Generally how that I mean, works. What is it? Well, like the Connecticut, case Connecticut a Supreme filed, they hear about 100. Yeah, something you know. like that. And, and if they say no, we're not going to hear it. It is sort of like a pocket veto. They're not. They, so, how many times have they declined to review Roe v. Wade? So, this or, was just like a motion to dismiss based on the immunity. It yes. went to the Connecticut Supreme right. Court. Connecticut Supreme Court said no. You can proceed, and they appealed to the U.S. Yes, U.S. said no. We're not going to accept. We're not going to accept it. Now, what I don't know is if the law that prohibited or that gave, in effect, statutory immunity to Remington that, that says you can't sue Remington uh, just because. I don't know if that was a federal law. I don't know if it's a state law. And I don't know if the issue here is whether they can be sued in state court, not federal court, or if it's like a diversity. I, I don't know. There, there, it sounds like, it sounds like from what I'm reading. The opinion. It sounds like from what <laughs> well, I'm reading. It's come just, on. I, I hate the, doing that. I'm going to read. I'm gonna, you're going to read the Research? Fox News version of what? it, read the CNN version yeah. of it, and somewhere in the middle yeah. will be the truth. Mm -hmm. It sounds like there's not been any pretrial, any discovery, no nothing. When the lawsuit happened, they just said, whoa, 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 we have immunity. We want it dismissed. They filed to get it dismissed. There's not even been discovery exchanged, according to this article. Yeah. Um, so that went all the way up to just say, wait a minute, I'm immune from getting sued for this kind of stuff. And now, so, apparently, they're saying, no, you're not. Here we go. Here is the practical reality of this. Remington is going to write checks, so they don't have to mess with this mess. Right. They're just going to write checks. This was Maybe. I mean, that's, that's kind of a... Yeah, they'll make it go yeah, away. They'll be a the, non-disclosure crime. But now, how many people are they going to pay? Yeah. How many people are they going to pay, though, now? How much they? I, I, I don't know. Well, I mean, they, well it's know, everybody from Sa uh, Sandy Hook, but if if they, they if they're paying everybody out, why not just? Well, everybody has had a problem with a gun. Heck, we've had people that we know that were messing cleaning their gun and had injuries. So it's like, well, why don't I just sue? Everybody sue if everybody's just passing out money. Well, you're right. That's the floodgates argument. You're going to open up the floodgates of all sorts of lawyers like Baker Law Group. Right. Who are those guys? Like the when like Baker's the, drunk uh, on his boat as his captain shoots himself in the leg, he's going to sue the hell out of him. You're going to harpoon himself. I'm I'm trying to upgrade to the yacht so that that could that could happen. Now, what it makes it happen. a yacht? Now, when can you officially say I have a yacht? You know, there's a debate over that that's never really been answered. And the question is, like, and why is there an H in that word? In, in yacht, I don't know. It's it really difficult to spell if you don't know. I mean, Macabre has. How an would H you spell it, too. it if if I if you didn't know how to spell it? What would the spelling be? Y O T. Okay, I don't disagree with you at all. Um, I think having a cabin is part of that, but there are many boats, obviously, that have cabins, and the size of that cabin varies. I don't know that there's an official, you need to have the capacity of X number of people uh, to, to meet the yacht requirement, although I do, just from being on different boats, I think it's somewhere in the 10 department, which you can accommodate up to 10. Oh, damn, a cob doesn't have an agent. <clears throat> Sorry. Like you, sleeping? Yeah, sleeping, like cabin-ish <laughs> yeah. uh, type accommodation. So maybe this is something you'll learn in the next 60 hours of your training? It could be, but I, one thing I won't learn it on is the yacht that I don't have. So uh, it'll have to be through other yachts that I see while I'm out. So yeah. So if you yeah. take your your kids like tubing, yes, is that another hour? No, uh, It is. If it, but it's not going to be near coastal unless I'm actually oh, out there on the coastal waters. So I, I, I already have because you can't of, like go on a lake and correct, become a captain. But that's part of it. The, part of the hours are lake hours if you want to use that, which I have since I live up there. We, you know, every day yeah. of the summer that we went out, I was able to log two, three hours. So my pontoon boat, I might as well be getting my captain's license every time I 
take cruise, cruise, cruise the lake in yeah. comfort. It yeah. depends on what type of license you want. There's a six pack license they call it that does not involve alcohol, though it certainly sounds like it should. I always laugh. Six, six, pack. six Man, pack. I can't believe they call it. That. Uh, that's like usually how I describe my midriff. If, if you want to yeah, charter, there, if there you want to do your fishing expos, if you want to be a exactly. uh, taxi. Like, you know, there's certain areas there. My friend of mine, John Gosley, he's got his captain license. Multiple ever. He went down to Panama yeah. and did an apprenticeship on tugboat. So oh, he was cool. he was working yeah. the Panama Canal there. And at one point in time, he got one captain license and then another and then another. And then there's so many to go through. And, and it's like you said there. And to do the tugboat, he had to get an apprenticeship. Yeah, you, you need to. There's <clears throat> just certain levels of requirements. Some are hours, some are classes. Uh, the rules of the rose class is one of them you have to do for the just the basic captain's license, and you have to score ninety percent on that. If you don't, you fail. You got to keep retaking it over and I mean, over. You can copy off the guy next to you, though. Ah, uh, yeah, maybe. A lot of times, the testing facilities are just you and the administrator, so it's a little bit awkward. You'd have to probably pay the administrator like a couple extra bucks see if he'd throw you an answer or two. That's mm. all. A yeah. few extra bucks. Yeah, these guys, you know, they don't do C-note, much. They administer tests. I mean. Yeah, test administrators. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm I'm actually interested about the captain's license. You said you have to. So you're on the. You go down to Saltwater. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's it's Madeira Beach, which is just south of Clearwater and north of uh, St. Pete. You practice law down there too. I do not have a license down there, and unfortunately, uh, there's a great attorney, uh, Frank DeCasolos, down there. He's a PI lawyer, great guy. Um, he is allowed me to use his office when we have cases where. Florida residents have been injured in Ohio. So because it's an Ohio accident, I can handle those cases. Um, I cannot handle a case that's in Florida uh, due to the fact that I don't have a license. Can you wave in or, or pro, yeah, pro have somebody sponsor you uh, in just to collect a co-counsel or work on a co-counsel? You, you can certainly pro-hoc in if need be, uh, but if you're going to do anything on a regular basis, it's back to the bar exam. Back to the bar. Yeah, they, Florida's tough to get do into. Do they know you have a podcast? Doesn't you know, seem like somebody I, I has that, a podcast. I, I, I feel like to. if I called the bar administrator and said, "Now look, not <laughs> only do I have a law po- a, a law practice, but I also have a podcast that I, I should give me the license." That's not going to get it done. Just but we'll, what we'll get it done is you tell them where you used to work. That you know what I'll yeah. tell them. I know Steve Palmer. Yeah, tell me. And you know that me. that may that may move the ball. Yeah, yeah. Tell them I've been down there fishing before. Okay, I, I am not an attorney or a lawyer. Ever taking the bar exam. But you'd be amazed about the amount of law questions that I get asked. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you that guy on lawyer talk? They're like, hey, wait, do me a favor. Why don't you ask your buddies this? Or or they'll just come straight to me. Like, you will you know. You know. You know the yeah. answer. I mean, you're on that podcast. You, know. you have to know. Yeah. yeah. So well, they, I mean, they, they think I know, and I, I give them the best advice that I can give them, which isn't official legal advice. I just give them advice. That's <laughs> life advice. It's wisdom. Wisdom. Yeah, but I will tell you, Steve, that they're trying to push through a from what I've been reading, the ability for a resident, a part time resident to somehow have, you know, the the ability to get a license if you spend X amount of time in Florida a year, because there are so many part time residents in Florida, the, the, the snowbirds and people that go down in the wintertime. I mean, so. They're, they're working that through the system, but it has not been approved yet. It'd be wonderful if it was because then I pay a fee and I'm in. Yeah. Otherwise, it looks like July of next year I'll be taking the bar exam again. Oh, you is, are? That's nice. the plan right now. Good so. for you, brother. You know, there was a lot Good of luck. states that would let you just wave in if you scored a certain thing or certain, uh, achieved a certain score on the multi-state bar exam. You can just mm-hmm. wave in. You pay money and get in. 
Uh, other states, if you practice law long enough, they just let you in if you pay money. Florida, they kept it tight. Florida and California, I think, were, and probably Arizona, I'm guessing, are very tight about uh, doling out the tickets because they want to protect their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that makes sense. you got a lot of people going down there that are going down for retirement purposes to live the rest of their life out, and they're a PI lawyer like me. I take two or three cases a year. You know, you you selective about it, get a few yeah. good cases, and it's going to make you a little bit of money. It's like above and beyond the Social Security check. So yeah. I'm sure that's well, why. And, and you know, you're, there's so many Ohio folks down there anyway. You could just go live in your little Ohio community, and they're going to call the Ohio guy. Boy, that's know. the truth. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the, the truth. That's the deal. But the stress level's got to be much less now, though. I mean, you you have a successful law firm. You got a family. You got you know you've got savings, and you've you've you know you've got some. You got a boat. base. You got a boat. Now when you go take the exam, that's far different than when we first took it. I completely agree. We had I mean, what you fail? It's like, all right, well, I'm mean, oh, going well, to do it again. Right. I mean, yeah. when I uh, first took it and and did not uh, get through it the first time, I had a uh, rental payment for Levesque Tower that I'd already signed up for and, and mm-hmm. you know, had a lease that was fully in effect. I had uh, spent a lot of money on different things to just get a very small but basic office set up. I had a baby on the way, not me. I didn't have the baby, but my ex-wife was pregnant. Uh, And we just bought our first house. So there was definitely an extraordinarily amount of pressure. This was, like you said, oh, well, if I pass, great. If I don't, oh, well. You don't want to have to do it more than once, but. God, just, I don't know if I. Your your score has got to go study Now, where you're at in your life, Steve, do you think you could sit down and study for, say, three months and be able to still do that. I don't know that I'm going to be able to. Man, I can't even bring myself to read that Remington decision. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's truth to that, though. Right. I mean, your mind just doesn't I don't have do to. That I'm not going to do it. Now, yeah. I, I think I could do it. Um, I, You know what I'd like to do? I'd like to take a practice, like 15 questions of the multi-state multiple guessers and see if I get them right. Wouldn't that be interesting, too, is is how much, because I just do the injury work. I did a lot of criminal when I started because I learned from these guys and uh, moved out of that once I had enough cases to sustain myself in the injury world. Outside of those two areas, like I know nothing. I think I know nothing. But perhaps like if we went back and we all gave it a shot now, I wonder how we would score because you do pick up little things. Well, the funny thing is the answers you would probably write would be like totally great answers in reality. For like a judge, if you're in a trial situation with like evidence, Steve, but oh, yeah. it probably doesn't hit the checklist of the things they want you to mention. The the essays, you know what I, mean? right. I think my biggest problem with the essays, well, not anymore. You get to type them now. My biggest problem before is nobody could read my handwriting, but now I think I could. I think I could get through the <laughs> yeah, essays. Bill, Bill just made a face like yeah. Yeah, Bill can't read it. I, I think now I can get through the essays. The multiple guessers, though, I don't care how much law you know, unless you know how to you take those multiple guessers because they're trick questions. You guys, there's like little them. things, that, those mm-hmm. little nuances that you learn on how to how to pass them. Once you do enough of them, though, you know, you see. You see similarities. I mean, Drew's right, though. I mean, he, do you guys want to go back and study the rule perpetuity? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Just you know what I mean? And all that crap. It's like, yeah. it exhausts me the thinking rule about in it. Shelley's case, I remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've been adversely uh, possessing my neighbor's lawn for years. I'm still yeah. waiting for this, you know, that to run through. <laughs> got 20 years in Ohio. Yeah. I, I bet you I could pass it. Right I'm, now? Right, right now. Not right studying. Now. No studying whatsoever. No studying. I'll bet you I pass. I'll bet you I get it. You know what we should do? We should request one of the old tests because I think you can do that. You can probably just find it online right now. Yeah, and then just just have sit there for three days and do that, and then we'll review the scores question by question. We'll just do a fifty question multi. Oh, you're saying okay? Mm. Yeah, I'm not going to. I'm not going to take the damn thing. (laughs) Steve, you're exactly right. Though 
it's no like secret. I had to take the bar exam twice. It's the only failure I in my know life. That. Now, now sure, millions sure. of listeners. Now I don't know how many people I, listen I to your podcast. I don't care. Right. It, it's it's irrelevant. It's who you know. It's where I got where I'm at. It was actually the best failure I'd ever had in my life because, you know, all through school I had good grades. I didn't really have any adversity, and everything is it gone the way I thought it would go. And then all of a sudden the you know the the walls fell down and. It was an incredible learning experience for me. It took a lot. I was playing music at the time, which helped a lot, but also, you know, I was drowning my sorrows, I think, a little bit at the same yeah. time. It was just such a tough thing. And here's another added component. How about your wife goes through law school with you, my wife at the time, and she, you know, does average, does pretty good through school, but I think by and large, my grades may have been higher. She passes. So now mm. I'm at home with a kid on the way with a wife that passed. Mm. With a practice ready to go, Mr. and Mom. I can't even practice. So, you know, it was one of those things really tough. Um, but when I took it the second time, getting back to what you said, my score on the multi-state only varied by 3%. It went up 3%, which is tiny, you know, in the big scheme of things. The essays went from like the 30% tile, which is what bombed me the first time, to 97%. Oh, wow. The trick, I typed it. And I don't know oh. if there was anything to that. We we couldn't type it the first, uh, that was the July exam. So in February, it was the first run that they did with the software that allowed you to gotcha. type your bar exam. Answers. See, that worried me a little bit about mine. So I don't know why I did this, but I typed every essay in law school. We had the ability to do that. Yeah, I did. hand wrote the bar. Oh. I, and you could. I was a little bit after you. Okay. You yeah. could type. It was one of the, they, it was fairly new then, but you could. Yeah. I don't know why. I just, why did like, you handwrite it then? My wife was into just being like, I don't, I just really don't want to be tied to a computer. I don't want to have any delays. I don't want to have it at freeze. We had heard a story when they first put it out that there were people having trouble like mm. downloading their essays or getting them out. I was like, the hell with it. I'll just write it. My handwriting is pretty nice anyway. It was weird because I had never handwritten a law exam. And I, fortunately, I got through it. I'm sure I didn't get through it with flying colors, but somehow they put the pass next to my name and I was like, so be it. Give me my license. Yeah. I, I, I think my essay grade was lower than my. A lot. I, I think. I think that's right. I think my essay grade was a lot lower than my multi-state. I almost got all. I, I got a like ninety something percentile yeah. in multi-state. Yeah. And my essay grade was lower. And I, I always surmise. I bet you. Even writing, I was thinking. I don't know how the hell they're going to read this damn thing. I mean, I, my handwriting is so bad. Yeah. yeah. So bad. Just walk around on on break and name a bunch of essays that like have nothing to do with anything. Just be like, I've been yeah. a lawyer for 15 years, man. I can't believe the second essay was property law. Just have a bunch of like <laughs> young lawyers feel like, oh, you see everybody shit. look like, oh my God, oh, I thought God. it was contracts. I screwed it up. <laughs> I wrote all about contracts. Oh, that's great. That's yeah, great. Man, I get, get pulled. You, you bring the bar exam, I'll pass it. Right. I, like this, I like this I have challenge. No doubt I, would I, not. I, I think this is going to be I'll fun. Pass. But could I study for it? No freaking way. There's no way I'm sitting down and studying for a bar exam now. I'll take the test. I won't study one day. <laughs> be, you should. He probably Just score the highest. <laughs> that that would that's be what funny. would happen. He would score higher. the highest. Yeah, yeah. We, need to, we need to do it. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean, how many of those questions did you have? I remember this experience. You would you would cross out one you know is not right. Yeah. Cross out another you know is not right. None but of the, the above. The last two or three were all right. Yeah. Right. You look at it was the best answer. Yeah. That's the right answer. Well, that one's right, too, and that one's right, three. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, screw it. I'll pick that one. Or A, B, and C, or none of the above. Or none it, of the above. It just wasn't fair. It was like, Now, I know. think I think ours was the first year for, uh, what was this other, like, 
uh, it was almost you have a partner at a law firm and you're supposed to write a legal legal memorandum. That was different than the essay portions. That was the last day. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, I didn't have that. Yeah, it's I, I don't new. know what that is. Yeah, it was. I think it might have been the first year when I was there. It was they, the professionalism. They yeah, they they yeah, hand yeah, you this yeah, like yeah, packet yeah. of info and it's got some cases in it. It's got like some other stuff. Like you're supposed practice, to review it all. What they call it, like practical. I forget like, what they call it. Practical something. You had to actually go. Yeah. Pra- I remember you telling. I me hated that. that. I mean, I when I was going through, I was like, look, I can do this, but it was the. I didn't feel like I was prepared for it. Like I couldn't study for it. You just have to kind of use your. I think now that you say that, I I remember it now. It was more of like a kind of like a. Uh, NPR, the next yeah. step of the NPR. Yeah. You took the NPR. I remember coming out talking to my wife and being like, well, I don't know how they score that, but yeah. at least I got something down. Yeah. 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 You, you had been working here. You probably did. You probably aced it. I probably did. It's probably my best part of my test. You see, that's the little secret about the law clerks here. Not only do they change the toilet yeah. paper, they get to learn how to handle every single problem that comes through. Yeah. I mean, it seems pretty simple. I remember yeah. some jam sessions that were pretty solid, too. We had some music going. We did? Yeah. Oh, that still goes on. Does it? Yeah, yeah, there's some still some playing. All upstairs. classical. I don't touch anything yeah. that uh, that's not nylon anymore. Really, I did not know that. Yeah, you've uh, moved up to the plastic strings. It's all. That's all I do. I, I take. Uh, so how do I study? You know what I do? I study a lot of music theory these days. I am taking full blown private music theory, uh, like college level stuff. Really? Why? Why? Why did you move to that? Just. Just needed tell, something new. I was always curious about it. Yeah, I've always. He thought, doesn't know. I have a little video, like an audio recorder. When he's studying, I just listen to everything. I put it on when I go to bed at night. There you go. That's yeah, all yes. the, the soothing. Yes. Bach. Who needs that calm app? Yeah. You just use that. To, yeah. yeah. The soothing classical music. I can't keep my eyes open. Well, no, Steve, I like it for that. That's interesting. I've always been an ear player, as maybe you were too. But I, I never, I don't know any theory to this day. I even you have know, a piano at my house. I. Enjoy playing piano. I typically have to listen to the song, tinker around, eventually figure out the chords, and then I can do that. But if you told me where's a C on the uh, the clef line or whatever those things are called, I'd, I'd say I have no idea. I really well, don't know. Well, I mean, Check even that. I mean, once you girder. start understanding yeah. what, Spiderbolt. like how it works, there's really a formula for everything. I mean, it really. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to downplay the creativity that goes into it either, but it really makes. They say it's like mathematical almost, Play, right? It is, yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of it is, yeah. It, it gives you a framework to start everything, and it all makes perfect sense. Hmm. At least it's starting to. But anyway, no, I do. I'd rather I could study for that for hours. It's probably your months. interest level that drives that, though, and that's the problem. Is while I'm very interested in having a license to practice in Florida, I'm not real interested in the material, you know, because I know what I know and I don't really want to know a whole lot more. I'm oh, the bar it, exam. Come on. Man. Yeah. That's you know, just got to be painful. Just, I don't know. Ugh. So here's here's what I've been always wanted to do. I'm going to get your opinion on this. I want to get a boat. And I want to start in the Great boat. Lakes. I want to do like I'm the Great Loop or whatever that is, where you go, you start in the Great Lakes, you go all the way around, you go down the river, and then you go cut through the Gulf and then come back up the intercoastal. Is that doable? What kind of boat? I'm looking at a, a boat that is big enough to do that. <laughs> I'm not my pontoon boat. Um, I, I recently was looking at a 36-foot Tierra that had twin uh, uh, diesel engines in it. Well, it, that would do it. I, I absolutely would do it. I think you could probably even drop to like a, a 32-footer, which is I've got an old Sea Ray. It's a 92 Sea Ray. It's 32 feet, walk-around bow, has a very small cabin, but it's it's perfect for the wifey and I. Um, we've got a sleeper in the back. We've got a, a sitting area in the front with a table, a small little kitchen, a shower, bathroom. Uh, you have to be very acrobatic when you take a shower. 
and this boat, you need to be able. You've ever seen the uh, obviously like Tommy Boy, mm. where he goes into the air, air <laughs> yeah. the uh, airplane or, or airplane bathroom and tries to change. It's kind of like that, um, but we get by. We've gone all the way down to Boca Grande, which is a very long trip, and in fact, a longer trip on the way back because we had one engine, supposed to have two. That takes your uh, knots from like 22 knots, 24 knots down to about 12 knots, 9 knots. So it took us uh, 14 hours to get back. Oh, my god! I mean, I don't know if that's a lot. Or, I don't know how far It's trips 14 hours. I mean, on that kind of That's boat, like a drive to Florida, right? It is. Take to get to Florida. Yeah. 20 hours. And we did a straight hours? through. Depends on where you're going. Oh. 18 did, hours. We did a straight through and probably the toughest I've ever seen my wife in that circumstance because, I mean, we're, we were just tooling along on one engine and. It was hot and it was, you know, uncomfortable. But I did make some craft macaroni and cheese for lunch. I remember that on the boat that day. Fantastic. I yeah. mean, so good. So yeah. I was so hungry and it just tasted amazing because it uses a uh, uh, element heating from, or uh, you can use white gas too. So I think to answer your question, the thirty-two foot would be the the smallest I'd be comfortable with 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 a uh, pretty wide, uh, wide boat just in general, maybe even an outboard. I mean. Everything that was inboard is now outboard because it's so difficult to work on the inboards. Yeah, they're all going to like these these quad yeah. outboard motors and everything. But this one had twin diesels inboards, and as my buddy said, the same thing. Everybody's going to outboards these days. So they're great engines, and I like mine. They're mine are uh, three fifty, just old Chevy block engines, pretty much. And there's two of them. They're very easy to work on. There's no technology behind them, so you can order the part on Amazon for nothing that you need. And even if you're not a full-fledged mechanic, you can watch a YouTube video to figure out where it's at. These are on your inboard 350s. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But then you get the outboard, and they they tend to be way more intricate, harder to get to things, uh, a lot of computer chips, a lot of technology. Um, So, you know, you're going to have to pay for that. You'll find a mechanic. The good news is easy to find a mechanic. Bad news is very expensive. On the flip side, you've got inboards, impossible to find a mechanic, but very cheap to fix. (laughs) So... Mm. That's kind of the no, I, paddle boat. That's what I was going yeah. with. Paddle I boat. like the cork boards. Yeah. Yep. I prefer the cork boards. Go down with that. Maybe full on steam. Or maybe a Viking cruise. I don't know. A Viking cruise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot less maintenance. I'm going to go on the Pacific Princess <laughs> mm-hmm. with Meryl yeah. Steubing. But yeah, that sounds like you would have plenty of boat at a 36 foot with two diesel engines. I would think so. But what? So what's the route? You got to come up. You can take the whole intercoastal up the Atlantic side, right? You can. Yeah, you could run up the, the intercoastal. Um, I will tell you that the downside to the intercoastal is there are a lot of no wake zones, so it can get grueling. Like you're out there, you just want to get somewhere, and now all of a sudden you're down to either you know slow wake or no wake, and it just drags. You know, depending on where you're at in the intercoastal. There are other areas you can open it up. Um, there aren't night rules. Like so no wake means you you can't go a certain speed? Correct. You need to go a reasonably safe speed to operate the vessel and nothing more. So as long as you can justify, I need it to go this speed to safely operate it, that's no wake. Anything okay. anything above that where you're actually creating more waves or... You, it's Is there signs out there that says it's a no wake zone? Like, yes. how do you know? They, okay. They're always signed. And then there's many markers in the intercoastal to tell you different things like shoal areas where you don't want to run into, you know, underground. Sand, let me tell you, when I started doing uh, some of the work down there to get my hours, I can't tell you, I'm embarrassed to tell you how many times we grounded the boat because the GPS tells you a lot. We follow GPS and radar. Everything's off of that. You do have channel markers, but you just can't trust them because th- there's all kinds of hurricanes come in 
You know, the, the, the infrastructure on the bottom changes. All of a sudden, what was five feet is now three feet. And that difference is substantial when you're on a 32-foot boat with a uh, paddle you know, boat. Or paddle boat. Paddle yeah. boat. Rowboat. But nothing sucks worse than when you're cruising and all of a sudden you hit it and you just, and it stops. And you know, you're not going anywhere until the tide comes up. So you just put your anchor down and make a sandwich or something because you're going to be there for a while. And you're thinking, man, I just spent a lot of money on this boat. I wonder how much I screwed up the bottom. Oh, absolutely. I mean, did I just rip a propeller in half? I mean, what what did I do? I, I have learned one thing. I've learned a couple things. One is that if you have a building and it's it's, if you put the word commercial in front of it, Everything costs three times as much. Absolutely. Even if it's the same, it costs three times as much. Oh, is that a commercial building? Yeah, I'll come out and fix your toilet. And it's like $1,000 more than it would be for at home. And then if it's a boat, it costs 10 times as much as anything else. And what they put in front of it instead of commercial is marine. Marine, yeah. The the magic word is marine. And then it just three times the cost. So marine grade rope. Mm -hmm. It's the same. But if you buy it at the marina. It costs five times as yeah, much. Yeah, it's amazing. Much. Yeah. If you buy it at Menards, it's cheap. And it's a different world from a cost perspective when you go from freshwater, which is where I was at for years and years. I've boated since I was a kid and had a boat pretty much my entire adult life. But then when we went down to saltwater, everything rust. Oh, yeah. I don't care what they tell you. Oh, this is this percentage of stainless steel, not whatever. It doesn't matter. It rusts. Salt eats away at everything. And once it once it rusts off, now you're buying another part. I mean, the components <laughs> inside of like something as simple as maybe a bilge fan, you know, they're not made out of stainless steel. Many of them come from China. They're just crap, total crap. And within three to four months, it, all the components inside have rusted, so it won't even work. I mean, it's... It's a whole different wow. level of cost to own a boat that's on salt water versus fresh water. Yeah, I've heard that too. So the the good news is you don't have to. You just we live up here by the Great Lakes. You're trying to take the bar and and you're taking the bar exam to justify it. That's correct. I need to have some sort of supplemental income to pay for the cost. <laughs> why, why are you going to take the bar exam? Because I need to work to pay for my boat. Exactly. That's how I feel about my commercial building. Every time something goes wrong, it is a huge dollar figure. That's right. But, all right, so let's ask some PI questions. Uh, number one mistake, PI, personal injury. So I just got rear-ended, as it turns out. If you saw my my truck in the back lot, somebody whacked me from behind. And you saw the neck brace. I'm wearing my yeah. neck brace. It's a big white thing. I now. didn't see I, I didn't see that, and I also didn't see you as a potential new client in our office. I, I didn't trust your office. Okay, good speaking, enough. But, yeah, right. no. Um, so what's the biggest mistake people make? Biggest mistake by far, and I bet everybody here, with the exception of me, only because it's my area, has studied their car insurance policy to understand what it covers. Um, Let me give you, step back a minute. How do you get car insurance? You either call the 1-800 number. uh, The general. Yeah, yeah, the general shows up or 1-800-SAFE, whatever it is. And you call and you say, hey, I need car insurance. Car insurance in Ohio just think about this for a minute. We only require someone to drive around a vehicle that it weighs enough to run you over and kill you, run into you and kill you. Um, just absolutely change your life from what it is today to tomorrow. We only require people to carry $25,000 of coverage. I, I mean, I can tell you after doing it as long as I have, that pretty much will pay for the ER, 
maybe a few diagnostic tests. Maybe just the ambulance ride. Yeah, the ambulance ride, everybody thinks, well, that's got to be free because I pay taxes. It's not. They want their bill, too, at the end of the day. So well, when Bernie gets elected, yeah. it'll be free. Well, everything. Yeah, everything. Right. In fact, I mean. Actually, you'll, it'll be your taxes. Yeah, correct. Sure. I'd love yeah. to pay for those things. So that works out well. But in all seriousness, though, the agents that are selling you this stuff, they're commissioned agents. So what's the most important thing for them? More. Volume. Well, it, so ironic you say that because I always thought, why wouldn't you want to sell more? The sure. more you sell, the more commission you get. You would think. You would think. I believe after seeing the policies that are sold out there, it's signing the line. Just sign the line. I got to get as the sale. As many as you can get. As many as, it's volume yeah. versus, it's, it's quantity versus quality. Well, what's the difference between cost? I mean, let's let's break this down even farther then. So if I'm going to sell Jeff insurance and uh, Jeff is has no money, but he's got to have insurance. I mean, so I, I see this happening in a couple of different ways. I would see either, A, you can't afford it. So you just say, I did, look, I want the cheapest insurance I can get. And maybe that's when you're 19 years old. Right. Or whatever. And then you just keep the same insurance forever. I mean, you just, you just keep paying and paying and paying. You don't think twice about it. You never up your insurance. You never think, I'm going to go get an umbrella policy just in case, or I'm going to add to it or do anything. You just sort of keep it the same. You don't think about it. And then you run over a kid and you're, you got no coverage. Um, or is it that insurance, and maybe that court, at the same time, you have insurance agents who just aren't that good at it. They just want volume and more customers, more people signed up. They could call you probably and upsell you uh, every year, but they don't. And uh, you're stuck with it. I mean, maybe that's the scenario. Which doesn't make sense either as to why they don't actively meet with their agent. I mean, we do that. I, me personally, I, I meet with my agent once a year. We review assets. We talk about coverage limits. And let me just explain what all this means. So you need 25000 to drive. That's the minimum. If you don't have that, then you're going to be in talking to Steve about driving around with no insurance. And you're going to have a suspension on your license and all this stuff. But coverage, to understand what that means, is the insurance company is going to cover you if you do something wrong. So you run a stop sign, you run a red light, you, uh, you rear in somebody. They're going to cover you up to $25,000 of that other individual, the person that you hit, their injuries, their lost wages, their pain and suffering. They're going to they're gonna take care of up to $25,000. If their bills and their pain and suffering, say the value of their, their damages, exceeds that by, say, uh, say it's $100,000, you're on the hook personally for $75,000 worth of their damages. That means if I sue that individual... That, that is responsible. I'm not just going to get the 25 from the insurance. If they've got assets, I'm going to try to get $75,000 worth of their personal assets. That could be a home. That could be a, a car that they've paid off. I mean, it could be anything that, that comes up to that $100,000 mark. It's subject to being taken away. Man, that scares me. It is. And, and, and what do you, how much do you, I'm just going to ask you, this put you on the spot. What's your coverage? Do you I know? don't know. Yeah. This is, this is every... I've you about this for years, too. Did you ever get an umbrella policy? I don't know. <laughs> See, I, I, and Jeff, you I are, you are 99%. My wife, my wife does a lot of that. I mean, look, it's, buying the, it's so cheap to buy insurance, too. That's what's, that's what's amazing. You get an umbrella policy for like a, 15 you bucks a month. This, yeah. You told yeah. the story like about the terrorist, the terrorist insurance. Yeah. It was like, well, it's 15 bucks more for terrorist threat insurance. Well, it was like $45. He was yeah. like, he was like, he's like you don't sure you, you don't want that. I was like, yeah, yes, I'll take I that do. too. I will, I will take the terrorist yeah. insurance because I had a friend that didn't have terrorist insurance. Hanny, you probably heard about it. The, the, the Nazareth Deli. The machete, oh, the machete yeah, guy comes that's in. That's right. Okay. He did not have terrorist insurance and they considered that an act of terror 
So therefore, because he had to hire a company, people got cut up in his restaurant. Clean that the, stuff up. So you can't right? just come out with a mop. You got to have right. a bio. So no, no coverage. Wow. No coverage. His, he was closed down. I mean, there was a, a whole Dude. bunch of loss, and then nothing was covered. Now, if the guy hadn't come in like, la, 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 and just maybe started stabbing people, <laughs> um, then maybe he could have just been like a uh, crazy Ali guy. Yeah, it's crime. Screaming, you know? yeah, it's just crime. Now it's domestic terror. But, Every crime is domestic terror. But, and I've, I've said it before, and I'll say it again, that I believe your insurance is only as good as your agent. That's all exactly the, right. All the policies are all the same. They're all pulling from different companies. And they're going to try to get you the best deal. Yeah, you know they're they, you know, and and I do like you do. I meet down my my agent does my both my businesses. He does my house. He does my autos. He he does them all. Now you know I mean I went to the bank there and 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 we did some filing there and I, I got a home equity line of credit, and they were going through a few things and they're like you know we can save you money on some of your insurance. Right. And boy they had their agents calling me and they were like I've already looked dude because I had to fill out all that information you know for the loan. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm good. And they're like, but we can save you this this much money. And I was like, you know, I've been doing business with this guy. I've got his cell phone. I don't have a 1-800 number. Right. I, got, I got his cell number. And I call him, and he answers. That is just, I think that's, that's to me, See, worth a little bit more money is to, to yeah. have the access, to have the agent, because they're all the same policies. But exactly. you roll like I roll. I mean, we're of a certain age where... I don't just go online and buy insurance. I never would even consider it. I no. want to. I want to talk to somebody and meet with them and then hang out. Maybe it's your friend, or maybe, you know, it's like the, the, those are the relationships that business used to rely upon, and not so much anymore. The, no, the millennial like banks. world is. You, know, yeah. you had a banker back in the day. Even when I started my practice, I had a banker. Yeah. And the banker would stop by the office like every hang out. What two, do you need? three months. Like everything going well? How's the business? Let's see the the numbers and. That's gone. That's I mean, gone. you don't ever have that happen anymore. But yeah. what do you think the number one response is when I ask a client, what kind of coverage do you have? I don't know. Well, I, I don't guess. know. Same Jeff's response, I would guess. Full coverage. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> full coverage. I, I have full, full coverage. coverage. I have full yeah. coverage. And you say, I'm what good. does that mean? It's full. And my follow-up is, well, what does that mean? Well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, I know I have full coverage. I know that much. And and that is a, a term that has been kind of, yeah, I believe, that's true. Uh, something that the insurance companies have come up with to make you feel nice, warm, you got fuzzy covers. inside. I got yeah. full coverage. It's sort of like when we ask yeah. a drunk driver, how much do you have to drink? Not that much. Not that much. Yeah. Not that much. Just a few. Whenever I hear not that much, it's like you know you're dealing with a pro. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you're doing yeah. A professional. They've talked to a lawyer before. Right. Not that much. Yeah. That means that means like to, not that much. Twelve beers. <laughs> not oh, that much. Only twelve. Yeah. Thirty. I used to, I normally I drink thirty. I had twelve. Not that much. It was a slow day, you know. Yeah. Um, but but really, that is what people tell me. So here's my number one tip for everybody out there that is thinking about. Well, I don't know what kind of insurance I have. Look at the policy, and if you don't understand it, either have a lawyer look at it and explain it to you. Or call the agent at a minimum and have them explain it to Jeff you. Jeff seems pretty pretty astute on insurance policy. He does. I would call him <laughs> first. <laughs> call Jeff up yeah. for a review. Now, now, what, now what happens? Here's what. I'm like taking notes over here. I'm you, like, oh, You goodness. need to take notes on this one since you don't know. Can you control who hits you if you're driving down the road? No. No. But I'm assuming it matters in the policy. Huh? I think it matters a lot because here's what happens. They'll say Steve just decided, hey, I'm getting sick of paying this insurance payment. I'm not going to pay it anymore. I'm going to roll down the road and he's trying to get into work and you're coming at the same time and boom, he hits your car. And what happens with his uh, policy? Well, it's lapsed. He hasn't paid his premiums. Uh, okay. Cheap. So what happens now? Who's going to cover it? I, I mean, you could 
sue him personally. Well, I got full coverage. Oh, he's got, oh if you have so, full coverage, yeah. you're good. Yeah, you're good to go. <laughs> but, but seriously, the the other writer that you gotta have, you have to have, even if it's even if it's twenty five grand, which is which is a crap policy for a little bit more, you can probably get a hundred. Is uninsured or underinsured motorist uh, coverage. So one covers you in the event you get hit by a person who doesn't have insurance, maybe intentionally, or maybe they just again, let, or they let their, they let their policy lapse. Okay. Or the underinsured, Under, yeah, yeah. which they've got twenty five, which is like you know a fart in a windstorm compared to what you need to get you back to whole. Yeah. So if you have that policy, part of your policy at a hundred, the first twenty five will come from them on the underinsured and the other 75 will come from your policy or your insurance. Gotcha. But it, and then it, the bigger then it's up to them. It then, 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 <laughs> then it's up to the insurance company. If they paid you the 50,000, now they're going to go, that guy had 25. You need another 50. We gave you the 50. Now you're done. You got your money. Now it's, that insurance company that goes back after the guy. Exactly. That's called subrogation. They're mm-hmm. going to go after the other insurance company or the guy. If the insurance company paid it out, they'll go after the person that was responsible. But um, with that being said, like Steve talked about, there's one layer above that, which is called an umbrella policy. And it's yeah. just like what you would think an umbrella does. It covers you for everything kind of over top of what you already have. And that's a great policy to have and incredibly inexpensive when you look at it for what it is. I mean, a million-dollar policy. If you're 15 bucks, 10 bucks a month, yeah. 10, 15 bucks. I have like $3 million now, and it's, it's yeah. not even that much. It doesn't, it doesn't go up exponentially either. You can yeah. add another million for less than double. Now, but does that make him more exposed to if he injured I, I, somebody? Now that's logic right there. It's like it, he's got more exposure because he got more coverage. Well, imagine if I didn't have it. No, I, I understand that. I'm just asking generally. That's so, like saying I want to pay more tax. I'm like I'm going to quit earning money. But, but no, your, I know. But, 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 I know. But, but I'm saying if you hit somebody, I know what you're saying. Does it, he, do you do I look at him and go, holy crap, he's got a three million dollar policy? I have it. I'm man. going after for it. it. That's why I got it. Well, and I and as a uh, plaintiff's attorney, the first thing we check our coverage is if I see he has that, then I know my client's going to be taken care of and I can check that off my list. I can say, all right, we don't have to worry about it. But the value of a case in any injury case, there's two values. What do you think the values are? The values are very simply what you'll take to settle it or what a jury will give you. And yeah. the event you take it to trial. That makes sense. The value never changes. I don't care if you've got a billion dollars of coverage or 25000 The value of the case is the value of the case. So it, it really doesn't. But it does make our life easier. And frankly, it makes Steve's life a lot easier because he doesn't have that concern of I'm going to get sued. I'm going to lose. You know, More often than not with that kind of coverage, it's unlikely that that's ever even going to be litigated. It'll never. Right. It doesn't have to litigate. Know? Now, here's you've seen me work on cases for years, Jeff. And this is like a, I have made a specialty out of getting results for people on the criminal side. So if I represent somebody who got drunk and uh, caused serious somebody that ended up in your office mm-hmm. and and I'm trying to get it resolved because my client is going is looking at prison and all sorts of horrible things. The one thing that fixes that, generally speaking, or that goes a long way to fix it, is money. And I have used plenty of umbrella policies in order to make the victim of my client's crime or criminal behavior whole. That's not saying I bought a result, but that's to say, look, I'm going to see to it that this person is at least compensated for the wrongdoing. And then that person is uh, happier, and uh, the case on my side is a lot easier to resolve on the civil side is a lot easier to resolve and everybody walks away just a little bit happier. 
I could completely see that. I mean, if and in, in our experience, when the family of the victim, especially in wrongful death cases, if there's been an, uh, a fair and reasonable compensation, not that, you know, you could ask 100 people out there, right. well, I take $3 million <clears throat> to lose my husband, my my wife, my well, that may be a bad example because yeah, maybe my wife's that, probably like, yeah. let's, let's say like or you yeah. offered me three million dollars to do some art. <laughs> but I mean, really, for for a loved one, there is no number right. that anybody's ever going to be happy with. Okay, I'll take that. That makes me happy. It's no big deal that they died. But the point is, it softens it to where at least you've been responsible enough to care enough about other people to say I carried coverage that if I made this mistake, because these are negligent, in, in my world, it's more of a negligent issue. You, mm-hmm. you you made a mistake. We all do it. We all, you know, we're looking at something. We look up, geez, we ran the red light. It's not like we did it on purpose. You mm-hmm. said they're negligent. So here, here's where I come in. It's negligence, not aggravated. Mm-hmm. Negligent. Correct. Not aggravated. Right. Not like an aggravated vehicular assault. You can't have that because then it won't trigger insurance coverage because the behavior is reckless or something greater than reckless, and we need it to be negligent. And once it's negligent, that can help trigger the insurance company to cover it. Good point, because you cannot insure crimes. Correct. And we get this a lot where people will come in. This guy just did. He did. Yeah. Terrorists. Somebody well, comes in and commits a crime on you, getting paid. Uh, no, that's no, a good no, point. No, I mean, that's, yeah. that, that's a different. But that's uh, his insurance, not the other side's insurance. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right, right. So if I'm a terrorist, I can't, I can't get money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hi, my name is, uh, you know, whatever. I won't use a, a name that, that, that could be offensive, but my name is so and so. And I'd I, love. You're going to offend everybody. Uh, I'd, love to, I'd love to go and uh, participate in a uh, terrorist activity. I mean, what terrorist? kind of insurance do you offer for that exactly? <laughs> looking to insure myself. What do you do? I'm a terrorist. Yeah. Do you have an umbrella policy for terrorism? Uh, now, here's one. I had a client who uh, went to the Christmas party, had the martinis. Now, this was at a country club. So I imagine they were pouring a martini sort of stiff. So when he says three martinis, that's like six, maybe. Six. It's probably yeah. doubles. doubles. I mean, all of them, yeah. And then he probably lied about that, too. I don't know. But anyway, <laughs> pulls out and uh, fails to yield on the way out. And uh, his car, <coughs> I think, was hit sort of broadside uh, by a brain surgeon, by a doctor, who was rendered almost like a you know, vegetable. I hate to say it, but that's pretty much what it was. Um, and I was able to resolve that mess uh, in such a way that made everybody as happy as they possibly could be because nobody's happy at the end of that. But it, but having a large umbrella policy really helped. Now, another one I did. Now, the, here's, the, here's, the, here's the flip side of it is that um, I had another client, similar situation. I go to try to resolve the whole mess only to learn that insurance, uh, the umbrella policy had been canceled. Uh. Not because he failed to pay, but because he failed in another huge capacity. Guess it, Bill. To report. Report what? To the report accident. his claim? To report the fact that he had a trampoline in his backyard. They oh, my God. His no way. Insurance. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And they found out he had a trampoline in his backyard. They denied. Co- I mean, it's like, it, it was, I mean, literally, it, it, what a mess. And, That's a shame. Uh, you know, everybody. That's insane, though. They can do that? Yeah. Yeah, Something it, unrelated to what you're insured for, well, but he, under the same they umbrella didn't read the policy? Insurance policy, it DQ'd the policy. Right? Oh man, and, and think I gotta of get it, home tonight. I got some well, work to do. <laughs> think about from the perspective of how much we talk, how how much are we really talking about in damages? I think in the lower damages cases, they don't get too particular or as particular about the terms of the policy. Sure, it scales up. Once you scale up, now they're looking at every little detail to 
wiggle out of having to pay the money. Mm. And, so, you know, we're kind of stuck on, on car accidents and everything of that nature here. And then you got your business end, the slipping on the, the grapes in the grocery store, going yeah. down, yeah. what policies yeah. they carry there. I mean, whenever I had my catering company and I started getting into the food carts and the trucks there, well, I started a new business of what you're cooking. So I got a hot dog cart because if I'd have folded that all into my catering company and I took a cart out and somebody got sick or slipped and hit their, their head on the corner of my cart, well, now they're coming at me. If I had that all into one company, right. then all of my assets, my, my, my big heavy assets, uh, my bank accounts, my yeah. everything that's there is, is liable. Well, now the only thing that what you're cooking had was that one $2,500 hot dog cart and the inventory that I put on it that day. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now somebody slips and falls or claims they get sick or something like that and wants to come at me. If I had not separated that, and I still have my catering going, I'm still doing the country clubs there, and I've got, you know, then they could, and then I take this cart out, and something happens with that cart. If it had not been separated, which nothing's ever happened, but if it did, if I hadn't had it separated, well, the $20,000 smoker that I've got over here, you know what I mean? The whole line that I've got there, down to my, down to my line yeah. my line of credit that, that comes down in there, is all going to be lumped into it. Yeah. So I've told people before that you have to, to where if you've got a distribution company, the trucks need to be owned by another company and you need to lease them. You can own that other company, but that company owns two box trucks, right? And they're being leased to it. You have to separate them all up. If you have it all together in and on one, they're all liable now. Which is exactly what Remington is going to mm. do now. Yeah, like all the gun guys That's are right. going to start are cabbaging up their companies right now and keeping them separate. So, whoever finally sold the gun really doesn't have. There's not going to be a whole lot of uh, of uh, availability there. So, I, I you're right though. You got to protect. You got to think, and you're smart that way though. I've I've ta I've talked to you about your businesses before. You've got separate entities for different stuff, and you have insurance on them, which is really the key. I mean, I, not. I, I mean, I, I look the building here has its separate insurance policy from my law practice. And uh, there's reasons for that. I mean, I, I don't want, uh, and, and you know, here's the thing. I, as it turns out, are you? Was that wedding ring metal? It is. You should you should immediately take that thing. I've off. got the rubber version, which I like. I, I, I mean, look I, at this. Yeah, that's it, bad. I almost lost my finger. Holy cow! Was that with a table saw? No, that was a wedding ring. No, that was another one. I thought there was a table saw. <laughs> yeah, there's a different. Well, oh, that's this finger. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> hey. So yeah, I, I almost lost another like this one. one right. yeah. I was chopped off hunting one day. Yeah, no, that so, was playing hide the quarter there. I um I was up on a ladder. <laughs> a blast from the past. Yeah. yeah. Were you here for that case? I was. Yeah. Actively involved. Yeah. I had the first meeting actually. It, it was uh that was a good case. Anyway. <laughs> um I believe that all came down to the jurisdictional line, did it not? We won that case. Wasn't that on the Delaware yeah. Franklin County? You, I you. We yeah. have it was a venue. It was a great great result for what the case was. Now, what's interesting is that uh, I'm not going to give many details about this, but there was a case and it was brought in Franklin County and not Delaware County. Uh, Eric and I, I don't know if you were with us that day. I we, was. We went up there yeah. literally with the, with a map as before GPS, but we were looking around like standing right on the road where the lines were and we were like, this is Delaware County. Yeah. The line up there is so it convoluted. Yeah. It's got, there's no, it's not really a line. It's more of a squiggly that goes every which direction. So and we were just literally standing right there looking left and looking right. It's like, this is Delaware County. This, they can't bring a case here. And I remember the client's family was actually upset. I don't know if you remember this. Mm -hmm. The guy was pissed at me. He goes, I pay all this money and all you got is venue. And I was like, it's probably the best we're going defense. To, we're going to win. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's getting dismissed. 
And, uh, and did you let it get to the jury? Uh, well, we were picking a jury, and then then Eric brought it up. Is that well? Is that the plan happened? was that we didn't have to get that far. We ended up with misdemeanors. I think the the plan was to um, once you seat a jury, mm-hmm. jeopardy attaches, and then you just got to let them present their case. And on Rule Twenty Nine, at the end of their case, we get to argue they haven't proven venue, and it would have been broomed. That's the end of it. Yeah. And uh, I don't know why we ended up taking a misdemeanor or something instead, but. Uh, no, it resolved the case. Huge victory. I mean, for that for that case, that was, was double digit case. Yeah, it would have been double digits. Yeah. But uh, so you know, we we were ready for the case. But how many people catch that? Right. We right. were sitting. I was sitting there looking at a map with Eric one day. I was like, I don't think this is in Frank County. We all got in a car. We drove up, and for sure, it wasn't. It's was amazing. So, now, anyway, so you get on a ladder. Okay. Uh, on, in the stairwell here, all the way at the top. You remember how it goes all the way mm-hmm. to the top of the stairwell? Yeah. So I got this ladder set up one Saturday morning about seven a.m. I got a bucket of paint in one hand and a paintbrush in the other, and I'm painting away at the very top of the of the of the wall up there, and I get a little lightheaded. And I'm thinking, all right, stabilize. And then I, I got stabilized, and then next thing I know, I was falling, and I, I fall down off this ladder. I smack my my head against the metal <coughs> railing, my hip against something. I was still a big lump on it, and I crash to the ground. It's like and as each thing happens, I was like, all right, you just broke your hip, dumbass, mm-hmm. and now you're going to be knocked out, and uh, you're going to die, and you know, I come to and I'm looking around. I'm like, all right, don't think I broke my hip. Clearly, I'm not knocked out. I look down. My wedding ring is embedded into my finger oh farther my than I can see. It, it took them four hours or so to cut that thing off. Ugh. And uh, to this day, you know, that affects my my music. But, I mean, it, it was it was bad. And I go to the doctor. Uh, the specialist shows up and he says, see me tomorrow. So it was like a Monday. I go and see him. He goes, looking at it and uh, the the his little minions are following him around as I go into his office and he's like, ah, hmm. Uh oh. Uh oh from a doctor's not <clears> a good <throat> sign. No, well, I think there's some flow. No, I think all right, I think he's gonna keep it. And I looked at him, I was like, is this in question? Yeah. And he's like, Oh yeah. Yeah, I didn't think you were going to – when I saw you yesterday, I thought you were going to get your finger cut off. Oh, my God. Like, God. damn it. So I tell Jeez. everybody, take your freaking yeah. ring off, do your wife a favor, and say, honey, this is so precious to me, I'm going to put it in my dresser or my nightstand. Or you could go the old school route and put on a necklace. Yeah, That's always cool. You get, See, get, you told me yeah. I started to the opposite. I said, honey, I love you so much. I'm going to get my finger ripped off for you. And that's a tight one, too. Look at that. That is. Oh, you're, yeah. you're losing circulation on that one. I can take it on and off, though. Steve suffers from the same disease that I have, which is you could pay somebody that knows how to do it the right way, faster, more effective, more efficient, probably a better result at the end of the day. That wouldn't be a better result, I swear. Well, that's (laughs) that's my problem is that I'll just redo it anyway. So if I'm, why pay somebody? Yeah. And then redo it. And that's what's going to happen. But Uh, yeah, I had no business being up there on that ladder all alone. It's six in the morning on Saturday morning or Sunday morning, but there I was and and it all happened. But, uh, uh, I don't even know why. I went because I saw your ring. Yeah. Well, I don't remember what you texted me. It was on another episode, I think. But that was, you used to text me a picture <laughs> of it and said, hope you're having a better Sunday morning than me or something like that. And I'm like, holy yeah. crap. Yeah, but at least the sterile got painted, like splatter painted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no. That's what he said. I think he said something like, hey, man, can you come in and finish the sterile? <laughs> it's funny. He's, he's making you paint when I was working for him. No, uh, I, I never did. He never Oh, that's right. You I, I needed some beer money. I remember at college, and my buddy uh, Woody and I, I, I asked uh, Steve, I said, can I paint the office? I mean, you're going to have it painted. I'd like to paint it and make some extra money. He said, sure. Worst paint job I ever it, did. It, it, well, <laughs> truth is, we got really drunk, I think, that night when we were here. And uh, we did it as good as we could with a little bit of a buzz. But 
It, it turned out. It's still. Nice. It, is it still on the wall? The, it's I mean, the same well, page. No, oh, okay. Where did you paint it? It was in the main. Uh, it was uh, the back. There. Back yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. No, it's been painted yeah, a, a couple times color, since. I think. I, but no, I always I do my. The funny thing is, I did. It stayed unpainted, like half painted, for almost a year. And then about a year later, I set up a whole new. I set up a platform off the. I, I built a catwalk and a platform, and I sent these guys pictures. I was up, I was up walking this plank two stories up. I'm doing it again, and I'm thinking to myself, "Damn it, you're an idiot!" And it wasn't like professional. It was a catwalk. It was it ladders was tied to ladders yeah. and like buckets. It was a ladder. And, it was a step ladder Jesus, on one side, a two by a twelve disaster. It was a step ladder on on the on the landing all the way up, a two by twelve going from the railing out. Yeah, it's perfectly safe. I sent it to the office manager. I think she texts back. Please tell me that's an old picture. <laughs> <laughs> I had insurance, damn it. <laughs> all right. Well, all right. So he's, the first rule is have insurance. Check your insurance. Get your insurance. And then uh, what? What's the big mistake? You know what people say? Don't sign anything. Yeah, I've been. In a, I was at a hospital representing somebody on a PI case actually, and it, it, the way the hospital came in with forms and paperwork to sign. Which, as I read that, I was like, no, don't sign this. And the hospital's like, well, that's a big mistake. But they were basically allocating all the money they recovered. They were signing it to the hospital to pay for the medical expenses. I mean, is that is, is – that, yeah. So this this is the little dirty secret that uh, the medical providers don't tell you. There's a reason why they don't just ask for your health insurance information. That sounds like the, the obvious thing that they that's would want. That's where you want, start. Right? Yeah. right? I need your MedMutual card or whatever. But there's also a section on that paperwork that talks about your auto insurance information. And a lot of times people say, why would the hospital care what my auto policy says? Well, that's another part of the policy when you're checking tonight. Jeff, take a look. That part of the policy is called medical payments coverage. Yeah, MedPay. And what and MedPay, for short, in the industry, we call it MedPay. What it means is it doesn't matter if it's my fault. It doesn't matter if it's the other person's fault. As long as the treatment came from injury sustained in that particular accident, then that money is available. That's the only requirement. It's a contract. It's, it's, it's the only cl- part of that claim that is, is, is the easiest from a contractual standpoint to prove. Okay, here's my bill from the ER. Here's the date of the accident. Pay it. Mm-hmm. And what, what can be done here for the providers is they want that information because if I have health insurance and I incur a $10,000 ER bill, there's write-offs, as, as many people know. That $10,000 bill magically becomes $2,500. And that mm. may be through Medicare, Medicaid, your, your private health insurance, whatever it is. The, the hospital's only going to get $2,500 of that $10,000 bill. On the other hand, if they know, and you've given them permission by giving them the information and signing their forms, that Man. you have MedPay, they're sending the $10,000 bill and if you have 10000 in MedPay, they get dollar for dollar for the services rendered. And that's why that's on there. Yeah, it's, mm. the, doctor, it's the hospital equivalent of uh, prevailing wage. Yes. <laughs> they, get, they get full pay. Yeah. yeah. And, and why that matters in a case where, let's say that you're out uh, for a couple of weeks from work or you maybe you're out for a few months. The MedPay in and of itself doesn't have to go directly to the hospital bill. The contract says they have to pay you when you present the bill. So a lot of times for our clients, we may get the MedPay. We don't fee on MedPay because MedPay is a first-party claim, they call it. But we'll get the MedPay, and then we set that aside in our trust account. How the client chooses to use that money is their own business. It's not any business of ours. If they call and say they want all of the money, we can give them a check. 
They use that check then for, to maybe compensate them for the lost wages or pay their rent that month or you know pay a car payment they can't pay because they had to work you know three weeks less than they normally do. That's the dirty secret though behind it. And don't sign that. Tell them with specific instruction, or if you can't tell a family member if you're in that situation where you don't have the capacity to do that, have a family member tell them, bill my health insurance, bill my yeah. health insurance, because otherwise they will do that. They'll take your med pay money and then you're out. You're and out. When yeah. I watched this happen, they were adamant that if you have a lawyer, that's going to be a mistake. They're just going to take all the money. Right. And, they, and, and now these are people that I've known for years and I was there and I, and they just, they, Let's just say they are not shy about telling people what they think, and he they did. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they, they're pretty good. Like they were going to get duped by the hospital. They didn't even have to ask me what to say. But uh, I remember thinking to myself, this is sort of dirty because yeah. what they're saying is, I mean, there's a pool of money out there in injury cases, and it usually is a finite pool. And if your injuries are going to exceed that pool, the question is, how's it going to get allocated? And if all the money goes to pay the hospital bills, then you don't get any. Right. You know, it's really that simple. Yeah. And if everybody says, well, lawyers are going to take it all and, and no, what the lawyers are going to do is make it so they don't take it all from you. Exactly. And and that's sort of the that's the justification for this. And the next step will be, uh, depending on the insurance company and all of them are the same. There's better ones than others. But a lot of the larger advertisers, we'll put it that way, will will try to resolve your case as quickly as possible. In fact, many of them will send you a check that says, here's $1,500 for your accident. We want to give this money to you. Once you cash that check, your case is over. And a lot of people have come into our office and said, well, I did get a check, and uh, you know, we, we thought it was for us, so we cashed it. Well, unfortunately, that was the end of the case. They settled their case not even knowing it. So if you get a check like yeah. that, tear it up and call a lawyer. I don't care who you call us or anybody else, but call a lawyer because what they're doing is they're trying to get you to settle a it's case. It's okay. You can tell them you care. You want them to call you. I mean, I, I think we would do uh, an outstanding yeah. job. I do. Yeah, absolutely. But with, with that, it, the other thing, too, that they'll send if you. If you don't trust him, you can always call me. I'll take care of it for you. <laughs> That's right. Actually, what he'll do is he'll call me, and then he'll try to get a referral fee, which is pretty shady. I don't do that. I don't do that. I handle all that crap in-house. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, the other thing that they'll send you and look out for is the, <coughs> is the dreaded medical authorization. When we request records for clients' cases, if I don't need to go back past the accident date, I don't. I mean, there's just probably not going to be a reason for that. Occasionally, people have pre-existing injuries, and I need to get certain records that involve just that injury to prove that this is a new injury. These pre-existing have nothing to do with They were fully recovered by that time. But what the insurance company wants you to do is sign that release, and that gives them full view as much as they want from when you were five years old until however old you are today to get all of your medical records in any area to try to find something in there that they can blame for this injury that you have now. Yeah. So be careful of that because that gives them just an open book with respect to your medical records and your medical history. Yeah. All right. Well, I so, think that's all good advice. So the biggest advice to take away is if you're wearing a metal ring, take the damn thing off. Don't yeah. paint your own stairwell. I don't even know why we're talking uh, about this stuff. Universal yeah. Healthcare. Get, get an umbrella in. policy. It's all and that trampoline you see at Sam's Club, don't do it. Yeah. Well, just do it. Just tell your insurance agent about it so they insure you on it. I, you know how many people I've tried to tell that to? And they look at me like I'm stupid. <laughs> I, I'm just like, look at to Walmart. They're like, I, they're, somebody says, we had oh, I one got a when trampoline. I was a kid and it injured everybody in the neighborhood well, at there's one a reason point or why, another. Right? Yeah. It's like insurance companies are in the business of figuring out what the risks are. Yeah, right. right. That's right. a high risk item. Right. So it's like, I, there's, I, that, I, there's that case in law school too where they, they have like the 
the, just a trampoline that's just in the backyard of somebody's house, and some kid stumbles on there and starts playing on it, and like breaks his leg. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like what's what's it called? Attractive, 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 attractive nuisance. nuisance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That, that, that gets back to like the shopkeepers rule, where you know that's changed a lot for us. It used to be almost a um, a strict liability policy. If you fell in a business, the business was responsible. That's changed significantly, and we run into a lot of bar cases where we've got um, different bouncers that exceed their authority and you know beat the crap out of somebody when they shouldn't well that in and of itself is a crime so you're saying well the insurance company isn't going to cover that that's a crime we approach it from a different angle what are their policies and procedures what kind of training did they give their bouncers what are the rules on excessive force if they don't have that stuff in place then we've got a very negligent business if they do have that stuff in place even for like slip and falls are they supposed to do screens? Are they supposed to walk down the aisles every 15, 20, 30 minutes to make sure that there aren't any obstructions on the floor? If they're not doing that stuff, they're violating their own policies. So now you got negligence. So you can get around that yeah. you know, criminal part. That rogue it, employee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there are ways to, to, to sometimes ensure, I don't want to say ensure the crime, but there, there are certain things that businesses should be doing to prevent that type of conduct and that yeah we have all sorts of policies like that here at 511 south yep. high llc yep. you know, we're doing a security we, upgrade here yeah we, we talked about it today a security uh console yeah. yeah i'm sure it's coming i would i would guess that just the uh, fame of the podcast at this point has required you to get your own private security i just have a security team that team yeah. is the word i was yeah. looking yeah. for I have, yeah. I have a security team yeah uh, you know uh people eh, you know famous talk yeah yeah, yeah. when you're when when you're a celebrity, uh, life changes. Yeah, you know, yeah you'll yeah. figure. You'll maybe find out one day. One day, I, I, I'm super excited to get there. Right. Yeah, right. Les made a good referral on that. Lex Wexner. Oh yeah, it's his security team, right? I think that's who we have now. Well, yeah. I mean, we fired ours, or he fired his, and one of ours. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, they were busy. I feel safe while I'm here, which is all that really matters to me. Well, it's a brick wall. You're you're surrounded by bricks. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. Good looking bricks. Too. All right. Anything else will be done? We're done. And we've we've talked about a lot. Just of stuff. for the record, I wish you made the security team wear shirts, though. I can't figure that out, but it's whatever. You have shirtless men walking around here. It's yeah. fine. I don't know why you defaulted to men. That's very sexist. That was a. I was talking to you though, directly. Offended, it offended they're me. all talking about they're which all one Russians. Are in the office. <laughs> they're all like Putin followers. They're all, <laughs> and they're coming. I wear no shirt. <laughs> so strange, like lying in a tiger. I have two security team members. Kids One's my left bicep, and the other is my right. So there you go. Uh, you know, you know what we're gonna do. Here's what we need to do. Then we need to have it. We need to make a project, the the five eleven project. We're gonna go to every state and take the bar exam. I was gonna say we've got to do this bar thing. I love I this mean, idea. That, that'd make that make national news. The lawyer goes and takes every bar exam. It now would, it would certified probably cost hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, uh, you think so? What's it take, cost to take the bar? You, have you it's filed? Probably it? at least two grand, I would think. Yeah, when I looked into two the grand? Florida, y'all yeah, got the Florida application. Yeah, it Holy was smokes. super expensive. I don't remember paying that. Yeah. But. I mean, I bet you like maybe Iowa isn't that much. <laughs> Why did you pick Iowa? <laughs> I just picked a state that's not like a big. De- I mean, any like, if you got a resort, you'd be, type you'd be state, track, California's probably truck up. driving through there. That's like the main seventy through Iowa, right? Well, Goes across the country. Yeah, but. Think of look at the supply and demand. I mean, you you got every if you're going to try to protect the competition of attorneys in your state, 
then I would think Florida has a has a that makes sense. Okay, if you're like a, if like you a, live in Florida, like the cost Nevada. is six hundred dollars. But I'm going to find out. Ooh. I'm mm. going to find out if you're uh, an out of stater. I said two thousand. We'll see. Okay. It's sort of like buying a hunting license. I can go to Kentucky and buy a license for like five hundred dollars or whatever it is. But in Ohio, all right. It's 15. Well, if it's your first time filing a bar exam application in Florida, the fee is one thousand dollars. Nope, you called it. All right, what does yeah, it but do? that doesn't include the getting the materials and all that getting other stuff. That's right. You've got to do the barbary, barbary junk. And, junk and, yeah. But we don't need Pain to. We can just do that one time. time. We can just do that one time. Can you imagine filling, you got you fill out the application yet down there? I have not. It was like 40 pages, wasn't it? Long. Yeah. It's I, insane. I, I, do you know, know where you that live, there's like a character did, and fitness portion you know? of this? I, yeah. I, I, I do. Yeah. Yeah. The registration as a sex yeah. offender is going to be oh, troubling, oh, too. Oh, man, that's low. That's low. Like, I know that. It was only a misdemeanor, but. But, you know, it <laughs> was right. a good game of hide the quarter. <laughs> oh, we, right. will, we will call it after right. that. For that, we will call it. So this has been another thrilling episode of Lawyer Talk off the air on the record, talking to Drew Baker in the Baker Law Group. Thanks for having us on, Steve. That's awesome. Uh, anytime, man. Anytime you want to learn how to record something, too, just let me know. I'll be happy to uh, offer some advice for a feed. You're my first call. Yeah, right, if you're cool. a fan of us, SOL Podcast, download it. Thank where you. Where podcasts are available. Uh, and, of course, we should credit our team. We should credit Freddie, taking care of all the sound engineering. Freddie Blanchard doing an awesome job with that. Dan Buckley taking care of all the photographer. Jared is our production manager, and he's here right at the podcast table. See, I made that title right up. Comedians yeah. on he's, South he's High. Nodding. Download his. All right. So, anyway, this has been uh, Lawyer Talk off the record or on the record, off the air, whatever it is, until now.